Hey. Hello. I'm Kia. Tana. Sorry. <laughs> and I'm Florence. <laughs> and this is Melanin. In medicine. Ay, 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 ay. Okay, so, and that's appropriate because Cinco de Mayo is coming up, and that's the American Hispanic holiday. <laughs> so, <clears throat> honestly, it's just a reason to drink for, for everyone, so, but we don't do that. Um, hey, guys, and today, I'm really excited because, um, number one, I got adequate sleep today. Yes. So, this is, this is a good thing. I spent my weekend driving. I went to Carbondale, Illinois. Uh, the drive was god awful. Astro is a terrible co-pilot. He was asleep like five <laughs> of the six hours, so it was cool. But I had a really, really, really fun time. I got to see everybody that I went to post back program with, and um, <clears throat> I went for a banquet for the second years of the program, mm-hmm. um, which is where I would have been. And it was really sweet. They actually included me. Aww. I got a certificate of participation. That's nice. Yes. Did you participate? And did not complete because everybody else would say complete. Damn. <laughs> like, very <clears throat> petty for that. Fair. Very fair. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was, it was really nice to see everybody. Um, of course, I got to see all my friends. We literally linked up. And I, I'm the type of person, like, even if we go a, a ridiculous amount of time, like, when I see you again, it's like no time passed at all. Because yeah. I, I appreciate stuff like that. You know, people mm-hmm. are busy. So, like, seeing them, you know, we caught up or whatever. But it was it was just all fun again. So, yeah. It made me remember the positives to living in the middle of nowhere, for sure. <laughs> so, yeah. Now but appreciate here. Oh, my God. <laughs> you're like, me. You're like, yay, what you're saying? You texted me. You're like, I'm so glad you're not leaving. And I'm like, okay, well. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I haven't seen you in two days, and it feels like two weeks. Yeah, no, like, we literally see each other all the time. And I think having the dogs... Yeah, makes us see each other more. Dude. Our, my dog only likes her dog. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Loyalty! <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so while I was in Carbondale, uh, I got the chance to interview one of my good friends, Tare. Um, she's doing incredible things. She's very ambitious, very smart, very motivated, very humble, very positive. Um, and I could go on and on. She's She's just a dope person, so... Um, she's really strong in her faith and that's always nice because, you know, everything she does, she credited, like she gives credit to God. Um, and it's just really nice to kind of see somebody doing great things in a very relaxed way. Um, and still not even, you know, taking full ownership. I don't know. Like, yeah. I feel like we see so many people who are like, like, <clears throat> this may be shady, unjustifiably confident in not confident, but arrogant. Yeah. In where they are. And it's just like, you haven't done much. Okay, Nisi from... Um... Oh, don't, ruin it. don't ruin it for people who haven't seen Oh, they it. know. No, they've seen the show. They know. Nisi <laughs> from... Uh, why am I blanking? Um, Being Mary Jane. Being Mary Jane, yeah. This girl has consistently like played the victim when she has not done anything. Like, <laughs> to get, I mean, she did that from episode one. Yeah, like, that's true. like she just consistently been like, "Well, I'm this, this, and that, so you should just do this for me because I'm me." No, like you haven't done anything to earn it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's so many people in this world who are just like unjustifiably like full of themselves or unjustifiably like like, "Well, I'm this and I'm that, so you you should just appreciate me being here." You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, no, nobody owes you anything at all, just ever. Be humble. Be. Humble. How tiring is that? Is that is that exhausting? It's like, exhausting. does it? And you could tell we are pretty humble. 
to the point where we put everything out there on this podcast. So, <laughs> like, for us to, like, there's no part of me that's like, I knew I was going to med school. Even today, like, I'm, ooh, I'm glad I thought about it because I sure got to commit. But, um, oh, okay. <clears throat> going to do that tomorrow. But, um, yeah, like, there's no part of me, even after interviewing at KU, and my interview went well. I was still like, they might just not accept me. Yeah. The Kansas City location. I didn't know that they were going to give me. You know what I mean? So there were so many pieces where I was just like, I'm not going to get comfortable anywhere in this. Because yeah. you never know what could happen. So all that to say, um, that's what you have to look forward to today. So all of our segments come from Tare. Or segments, excuse me. Our stepping stones come from Tare's discussion. Um, but uh, with this long introduction, we've got, <laughs> it's all good. We've got an elder's elevation. All right, daggone, and I lost it. Flo, tell them how you've been. So this weekend, I went to one of my friend's graduation parties, and it was a great experience being able to celebrate with one of my friends as she just hit a major milestone in her life, so I'm very proud of her. And yeah, it was was an experience. We had a traveling weekend for sure. We did. Um, So Elder's Elevation for this week is... The most common way people give up on their power is by thinking they don't have any. This is by Alice Walker. So I really like this, honestly, because kind of from our discussion, my discussion with Tare, she kind of talked about how she knew like this was her, her path. She just wasn't sure, you know, how it would manifest. And I think a lot of people can relate to that, not only just like in medicine, but just in general, like, you have a passion for something, you know you're good at something, but it doesn't seem to quite line up. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you just keep kind of pursuing it at different angles, and every time you kind of hit a wall. And so I feel like that it really does speak to, like, how much, how passionate you are about something. Yeah. yeah. Awkward pause. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens um, when we record late. Flo gets tired of me. <laughs> no, I'm trying to think. Um... I have, wait, you keep talking because I have an idea and then it just slipped. Bet, yeah. yeah. And honestly, like, <laughs> <laughs> keep talking. Um, I, I like the idea of like everybody has a talent, everybody has something they're good at, everybody has a power. Um, you just have to be patient and take time to try new things because you never know what you'll be good at. Yeah, and I think in this field, like a lot of the time, a lot of the things we do is like figuring out what your superpower is going to be or like where you fit into the specialty. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times you just have to be patient and not give up. Yeah, So for sure. For certain, yeah. So shout out to Alice Walker. Um, Mahoney messages. Woo-hoo. Okay, so uh, I'm sorry if I butcher your name. Um... <laughs> But thank you so much, uh, Finny Kiwa, for, Mm -hmm. um, he messaged us on Instagram. Thank you. And he just wanted to say thank you. Um, and he thinks what we're doing is great and that he was a former pre-med student. Um, and he wishes during his path and his journey that he would have found like a podcast or an informational source like this. And he said, please keep it up. Melanin power. Oh, blessed. So thank you so much because sometimes we're like... We really wonder if we're like touching people or helping people and just have random people that we don't know or that we see on a daily basis tell us that the stuff that we're doing is helping them. It really means a lot. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. And we appreciate all the feedback, honestly. We we really are transparent with this podcast. Um, we put a lot of our our setbacks on here. Mm -hmm. Um, and we just wanna know that we're not just sitting here, you know, rambling. 
So if you um, have any, you know, suggestions, advice, questions, email us at melaninandmedicine02 at gmail.com. Um, and if you don't have us on Instagram already, I don't know how you found us, but um, <laughs> you can follow us at melanin period in in period medicine. And it'll be me and Flo cheesing all the gram. Um, so, yeah, if you want to DM us, you know, email us, we'll answer either way. Um so yeah, let's do our interview question. So I I was really proud of this interview question because I just remembered it. Um, name a time when you made a decision that wasn't very ethical. Mm. Yeah. So this is a tattletale Hard. question. Yeah. Right. Um, and they may not ask it in this way. Um, I know I got this question another time that was like You got that question in a real interview? Yeah. Girl, my throat would have closed. Well, I got a question. I got a question that um was very much like this, but it wasn't ethical. Uh-oh. Like it, like the question didn't have Amazing. ethical in it. It was like name a time you made a decision that wasn't very or made a time you you made a decision based on like bias or something. It was something like that, and it's like oh yikes. Um, and I think for me, I said so. I had a patient who was um she was Russian. And her daughter, it was an elderly woman, uh-huh. and her daughter came in. Um, and so the mom spoke Russian, but I think that's the name of their language. I don't want to be offensive. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and so uh, the mom sp- didn't speak English, basically. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and side note, she was a cardiologist. So I was like, wow, this is incredible. She was 95. Man, and there was a part of me that just knew. Like, I just knew she had, like involvement with like the war times oh girl my history side I wanted to know so bad I wanted to be like what was it like girl but anyway so the daughter came in um and she was basically the translator and for anybody who works in medicine I don't know if this is just my experience but every time the translator is somebody in the family they don't care they do not care um yeah you're yeah allowed to do that I mean because your family member like they can come and but also, like, it does kind of get hairy to me because I'm also like, what if it's an abusive kind of relationship? And, like, like yeah, I don't know. But um, so the daughter is basically translating for the mother. And she, like, was on her phone. Like, this is a 50-year-old woman. And she's, like, on her phone. She's just, like, not not really attentive. Right. And so I'm sitting here trying to get a chief complaint from the mom. And she's, like, clearly telling me something. And I'm like trying to figure out what this woman is saying, but I like for the best of me, I couldn't learn Russian right then. <laughs> so like I um I'm sitting here looking at the daughter, like, what is she saying? And the daughter's like, She's fine. And I'm like, is there anything? And this lady's vision is not It's like why'd you come in then if you're just gonna Exactly. And like I'm like, okay, well so I also got a sliver of this woman doesn't care for me because like while I was doing certain testing, she was like, why are you doing that? It never takes this long. What are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm just trying to do my job. I've been doing this all day. I think I got it. And uh, she, she was just very like dismissive about me. And so I took it fairly personal in that sense. And I was just like, okay, this woman doesn't want to be here. I'm agitating her. I'm agitating your mom. So I literally, I put it on the responsibility of the doctor at that point. Like, I'm the medical technician. There's not much I can do here. Mm-hmm. So if you don't give me a cheap complaint, like, there's, I'm going to do my best. But I put in the chart, I was just like, uh, patient daughter would prefer the doctor do most of the workup. And I feel like that wasn't the most ethical decision for me just because it wasn't 
me doing everything I could have. You know, I, I kind of just like, she, I could tell she was sick of me. I was sick of her. And I was almost sad that I couldn't help her mom. So I was just like, let me just get them out of her room. Basically. That's actually a really good answer. I can't even think of anything I would say for that. Yeah. Because like, like, to me, that's like not a bad answer. Yeah? Okay. You know what I mean? That's not a bad answer. Because you can say like, from this experience, I learned like in situations like that, like I need to put my biases aside. Yeah. And, like, and not take things yeah. personal. Yeah. For sure, yeah. And I think also it just spoke to how passionate you can be about a patient and still not do everything you can to help them. Yeah. And and that was like, I was like, if I was actually passionate about helping her, I would have, you know, at least put in the doctor's note, like, this daughter is very dismissive and I don't think, like, you'll get an accurate chief complaint from her. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, I was just like, I just need this girl out of my room. So, yeah. Ugh. Complicated patients, man. That's I'm excited. I'm like literally trying to think. It's kind of, it's kind of like hard. you're towing the line because you don't so want to. I never got asked. That. <laughs> you don't want to like say something incriminating or something. I know, like, yeah. uh, I don't know what I am gas, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I, not disadvantaged. I've a of those days. <laughs> <laughs> the digits on our annual on our household income are a little uh, off. <laughs> That's, That's funny. <laughs> not a line of my AMCAS girl <laughs> terrible don't talk about that that's what I'm saying that would be bad you would never I, I wouldn't say that I would say never that. in no, your life <laughs> for anyone listening if you ever get this question on an interview to medical school nothing about the AMCAS yeah. should come up <laughs> yeah dude I literally might be a, um next I literally would be a thank you next <laughs> Um, the most ethical decision. Yeah, honestly, leaving this interview. That, that's, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna leave. Just yeah, just, you know. <laughs> that's funny. So um, yeah, I'll think yeah. about it. Just guys, give me a week. <laughs> so before we start, uh, Tare's <laughs> give me a week. Oh my god. Before we start, start Tare's stepping stone. Jesus English. Um, we're gonna hop into my lovely inter- interview. Oh god, yeah. I'm just all over the place. We're going to talk about Anchor and why it's a dope um, avenue to have a podcast. And this is the commercial break. All right, kids. I hope you loved it. So <laughs> um, next up, we have Stepping Stones with Tare. Stepping Stones with Tare. I feel like it needed just like a singing segment. So oh, I'm going to listen to that and be like, wow, this was terrible. <laughs> anyway, sorry I sang. I'm going to give you a beat. Can you give me a beat? Ooh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Seven phones with Tara. Right. So, um, yeah. Enjoy it. All right. So, here in Carbondale, I am about to interview my good friend, Tare. Hi. Well, hello there. Um, so my name, uh, my full name is Aitari Muse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. You have a lot of things about your name. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's Nigerian. I'm Nigerian. Mm-hmm. Um, probably so. And um, I am a current second year graduate student. I'll be finishing up in two weeks. And where, where are you um, doing your graduate school? So course? I'm in um, here in Carbondale, Illinois, doing um, the med prep program, same as Kiatana. Perfect. Um, <laughs> So it is a post-bac program, but I am also getting my master's degree out right. of this um, in biological sciences. 
Um, like I said, I'll be done in two weeks. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. And then I will be starting um, at SIU School of Medicine, which is Southern Illinois University School of Medicine, Ooh. here in August. Yes. Yeah. So where'd you go to undergrad? Undergrad, um, I went to the University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign. Mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. Urbana, Champaign. And are you from Chicago? Girl, that's me not being in, being from yeah, Illinois. I'm not from Chicago. I'm not from Chicago. I'm not <laughs> are from you Carbondale. from Illinois? <laughs> um, yes, my family currently resides in Springfield, mm-hmm. Illinois. Yes. And that's where the med school is, like. Yes, that's where the med school is. Like, yes. legitly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yes. Um. Okay, so guys, Tari and I obviously met through bed prep uh, mm-hmm. when I was here last year. Sure is. She is the most humble person you'll oh probably God. ever meet. She is smart as all get out, and she knows it. And it's cool. Aww. It's good. Um, it's it's a nice mix of like I know what I'm talking about, but I'm not gonna convince you that. Like I'm it's done. <laughs> it's really nice. Fast, so, fast, fast. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's really cool. Um, yeah, Tari is real chill. She kind of just has a really good vibe about her, but also she's a genuine person, and that's Aww. something that really my heart. She's on me. Uh, she's a genuine person, and that's really what I cherish being in Carbondale. It was really hard being away from my family last year yeah. um and so I really like appreciated the people who I met who were just genuine people who were literally just like I mean I'm here mm-hmm. and I kind of don't want to be here but I'm gonna make the best well, of it well, you well. know what I mean yeah. and that's really got to be your vibe about it but enough about my experiences <laughs> um, Tare any so how do you feel like getting your master's ha- will um kind of like make your medical school experience more unique or how do you feel like you'll you'll take things in a little different or do you um, well, <laughs> what had happened was, just uh-huh. um, so no, I think um, having a master's degree in general just makes you more well-rounded. Um, it's certainly not a mandatory thing to have going into medical school. Like, mm-hmm. there's tons of people who go straight in or just do a gap year without doing, you know, further education. But I think just having that consistent schooling um, and not having too much of a break, I think that would be good going in. Um it's just not, keeps you on your toes. Mm-hmm, exactly. Okay. So it's just kind of like summer break right now with, between me and med school. And I've kind of always just been in school since kindergarten, if you want to say that. Yeah. Um, so I think in that regard, it won't be too difficult jumping right into studies because it's like, well, I just was doing that just a couple months ago. Um, as far as just schooling in general, the master's degree itself, um, my master's is in biological sciences. I honestly believe that you know, if someone out there is thinking of doing a master's, um, consider doing it for something that you plan to use. Okay. Um, because I don't think that biological sciences is something that I'm necessarily going to use in depth mm-hmm. and moving forward in my career, as opposed to something like master's in public health mm-hmm. or administration, something like that. Um, but I do think it might be helpful for pursuing research in the future. Absolutely. Um, and like I mean, during medical school, when mm-hmm, you go to get exactly, research. Exactly. Yeah. Looking for research positions, having that on my resume would be, um, mm-hmm. I think a positive aspect. I'm not too into like bench lab research. I am doing it right now and I've been doing it since undergrad. So, <laughs> <laughs> so getting away from that aspect, <laughs> getting away from that, um, into maybe like clinical research using, you know, the medical education I that I plan to receive, and then just in the future, I think that it can and will come in handy as far as that regards. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I think just having, you know, like the upper level science courses that you're required to take, just 
just that extra prep for med school right. in general. But like I said, it's not an end all if you don't, you know, whether or not you do a master's program. It's totally up to you in terms of what you plan to use it for. Right. So. And really just do it because you want it, not yes. because it's mm-hmm. a resume booster. Precisely. Yeah. Precisely. Like, it, because it's a big investment mm-hmm. if you're just doing it to look good. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, and it's money. <laughs> like, that's, I mean, I don't know about <laughs> you, but, like, they don't give out too many scholarships for grad programs like that. So, mm-hmm. that's loans right there on top of loans. So, if you can minimize that, do it. Absolutely. Do you, um, so... What what brought you med prep? What brought me to med prep? Is that too nosy? Um, (laughs) Well, not really, since I have a whole blog about it. (laughs) Oh, Um, have your blog. Oh, yes, yes. Shameless plug real quick. Um, I um, have a blog. I started it when I graduated um, undergrad. Yeah, I started it right before I started my post-bac program because I wanted to share my experience. Girl, um, I found out about your blog when we were studying for the MCAT. Really? Yeah, like late. Oh, wow. <laughs> but go ahead. Okay. Um, well, it's prescribedbytare.com. So cute. Um, so definitely check that out. Mm-hmm. Prescribed by me. Um, Spell Tare. Tare. Oh, T-A-R-E. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. prescribedbytare.com. Um, and I kind of just, like I said, you know, I don't mind sharing because it's already up on there. But from undergrad, um, I think I had like a typical experience that most people have just coming into um, college, which is kind of trying to find your own space where you fit in and not really knowing um, too much about what's out there. Mm -hmm. I I kind of lived a sheltered life, coming from a Christian family, a Nigerian family on top of that, both parents, you know, in the picture and kind of just um, really grounding me throughout my life and when I first got to undergrad, it was kind of like, ooh, no parents, no nothing, you know. Freedom. Free, no, freedom, <laughs> you know. But freedom can mean a lot of different things. Yeah, um, and a lot of people can't handle it. You know, you know. <laughs> so it was interesting. Freshman year was a bit of a struggle. Um, I was kind of in the party life. Um, um, I met some great people. Like, every year I've met some great people for sure. And um, still kind of keep in contact with some of them. But I know freshman year, I struggled a lot with between trying to still balance, you know, classwork because coming from high school, straight A student to college where everyone was there was a straight A student, yeah. you know, and that's kind of tough. And those undergrad classes are hard, you know, yeah. and you have a lot more time mm-hmm. in undergrad. Like you, yeah. you could take a nap and just skip class if you want. Not like, if you like want, literally. But... And I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I did that a couple Nobody's times. Nobody's gonna call just, you, yeah. you know, like yeah. yeah, no one's checking in on you to see if you're home. No one's, you know, no one's harboring harboring on you to like do your homework and study and all these things that I definitely had you know and when I was at home Mm -hmm. and just adjusting to the the workload of like studying for a a college exam or a college final like that was different from in in high school in my high school we didn't really have finals like that we kind of just had exams you know like the final like it was a final but it wasn't a final it wasn't a final final it wasn't a college final how did you guys not have like let's not go there um okay okay. (laughs) I got it. I just know that, like, it just, high school was easy. Like, mm-hmm. it was a piece of, almost like, why am I here? Let me just go to college. Get yeah. to college. It's like, whoa, I'm out of my league here. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that was my freshman year. And then I tried to, you know, I got my first, uh, I think I got a C at first. And then that turned into uh, a D. Like, in, I got a C in, I think, biology my second semester freshman year. Oh, yeah. But I got a D in chemistry and I was like 
okay, you're dumb, you're stupid. You know, like, yeah, I just... You took not, it hard. I took it so hard on myself. Especially coming from a straight A, like, No, literally, it just, it didn't make any sense to me. Mind you, I wasn't putting in the work. Okay. I wasn't doing what I needed to you do. You were doing what you, you did know? in high school. Precisely. Okay. I was, not only that, but I just wasn't even, I was also doing other things. Like, I was trying to be involved in all these extracurriculars. I was on the track club team. I was involved... <laughs> I was trying to um, do some volunteering. I just signed up for, I think I signed up for the journal club, a book club, all the, you know, college, they have and like, you seem like that person <laughs> to like walk through the, the like organization. I did. I was like, like oh my goodness, I was in the African Cultural Association Club. Like I was, I was just picking up all the pamphlets and going to all the meetings. You're like, can I sign here? No, literally. Like I, I got so many emails. I had to deregister. Absolutely. It was a lot. It was a lot. Mm-hmm. But um, that was freshman year. And I went and met with my advisor, and as y'all, you know, if you're pre-meds know, that's that's an intimidating conversation, because literally you can see someone on the other end saying, hey, you know, maybe consider something else. Yeah. Like, it was, I had one of those conversations, which, at, I'm not going to lie, those conversations, most of the time, are, are just complete BS, because... Don't don't ever let somebody tell you that you can't do something or you shouldn't do something. Yeah. But at that time, from what I was putting in, that was, I can see why someone would say that. It's like, well, do you even want to be a doctor? Like, why are you over here, mm-hmm. you know, wilding out when you have a goal? Mm-hmm. So that kind of, like, was the fuel I needed to say, like, hey, let's remember why we're here. You know, the end goal is to become a doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, again, as I mentioned on my blog, like, I've always wanted to be a physician. I never really had like a one moment that kind of triggered it all it's just always kind of been there and just moments in my life and experiences that have kind of continued to emphasize that and mm-hmm. like make me feel like yes this is what I want to do and what I feel like I'm being called to do so after having a talk with my advisor I um tried to switch things up and studying you know um I was actually going to professors you know like that's something <laughs> I wasn't doing like yeah. I wasn't Going it's little to professors, things, you know, yeah. the little things that you, you know, they tell you, but you don't really listen, mm-hmm. not waiting till the last minute to study, you know, that's a big one right there. Um, and just putting in a lot of effort, like a lot of effort to bring my GPA up, because that was the bottom line of what my advisor told me was you, you need to bring this GPA up, GPA mm-hmm. up to even be at all competitive for medical school. And again, that was the end goal. Mm-hmm. So, um, Again, like not that's not always the case, but that was my the case for that me. That was your yeah. That was the case for me. And then sophomore year, first semester, you know, I, I tried again, like my GPA definitely went up. And um from there it uh just continued to rise. Um, and that's good, up. honestly. Mm-hmm. People people would like to see growth. Yeah, but I think that's a, just a, a big quick thing. summary, um, so I don't take too much time talking about this. But um after um after sophomore year or during sophomore year, that was when I started to like pick things back up again and studying. So someone got you early too. Yeah, someone got yeah. me early too. Yes, I know a lot of people that you know it's not until their junior or senior year that they realize that oh I need to pick things up and then they end up you know it's a couple more it's years. Too late. What are you gonna do? do? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just know that I was definitely I wouldn't say I was working smarter, but I was working harder. I think after med prep, then it was more of a Ooh, working smarter. Definitely. I'm not gonna lie, that made the difference. It was it was a lot of work that I think if I knew what I know now, then I would not have had to put in as like same effort, but in a smarter way, kind of like mm-hmm. what they say. Well, it's it's kind of like when you're like an undergrad, you don't know how to study, so mm-hmm. you try everything. You try to write down mm-hmm. everything the professor says. You know what I mean? Yeah. Versus like using your resources mm-hmm. as much as you can. And yeah, then... and trusting yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's real. But yeah, so after all that, it was you know junior year. Then it was time to study for the MCAT, and I 
Oh Lord Jesus. Um, so you took that? I thought you. I thought you'd never taken the MCAT. No, I took the MCAT twice before coming into <sighs> Met Prep. Let's the enter that dragon. Oh Lord, so, here we go. <laughs> MCAT discussions. So okay, Flo and I, we put it all out there. We mm-hmm. told them our MCAT scores and everything. So oh, you don't have to write. We're, okay, we're real transparent. All right, but you don't have to say that. But how, talk about the growth. Talk about okay. you know. Um. So and first, what things did you do different? Okay, so when I first took the MCAT, I was a junior Mm -hmm. in undergrad. It was, I took it in, sorry, I first scheduled to take it in (laughs) in April. (laughs) Um, And mind you, yes, you know, I was taking all these classes to bring my GPA up because you, I needed to bring up my science GPA. And if Mm -hmm. anybody knows, you know, that's biology, physics, chem, orgo, biochem. So I was taking a lot of science classes so I could purposely bring my GPA up. So right. I was taking a lot of hard classes. At the same time? Well, I took orgo and biochem together with <gasps> oh, physics. Wow. Yeah. Um, we're not going to talk about that. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I was just taking some hard classes. And I was also very heavily involved in my church, volunteering there. I was volunteering at the hospital. Um, I was involved with the um, track club still. That was one of the few... Um, activities that I kept because I did have to you know in my efforts to be a better student I had to drop some a lot of activities Mm -hmm. so I had all that going on and I took a Kaplan course okay and the Kaplan course was like I think we met three days a week for three hours or something like it was a lot now what year did you take it this was my junior year of undergrad well like 2015 or before or after how do you I can't math right now um (laughs) let's see I graduated in 2017 today so (laughs) It was either 2015, 2016, something like that. But you took the new one. Yes, it was okay. definitely the new MCAT. Okay. Yes, MCAT 2015, as they called it back then. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it was 2015. Not that I think Deal. about it. Okay. <laughs> <Landmark>. so, <laughs> so, I was doing all of that. And obviously, with you know being pulled in all these different directions, I did not devote the, the required amount of time to studying. Like, yeah. literally, the assignments that Kaplan would give me, I would not... I wouldn't even have them done by the next meeting time. Oh. It was just not possible. Yeah. So I can't really blame Kaplan for, you know, not doing its job because I wasn't putting in the effort required to complete such a right. course. So it was a mixture of the setup of the course as well as not putting in, not even having the time to put in the effort for the course. Mm-hmm. Um, so did that. And then, again, man, the amount of money spent because, you know, the federal assistance program that the AMCAS offers, FAP? FAP? Yes, I did not qualify uh, the first time when oh. I applied for it. I don't know if I filled it out wrong or what was going Possibly. on there. <laughs> but so everything was coming you got out of it pocket. Last year. Yeah, everything was coming out of pocket. So I oh. paid, yeah. So this is the first time I paid uh-huh. for the MCAT and I moved my date three times. You got to pay every time you move your date. Wait, no now, do you pay like a little cute fee or like for a whole new test? You, it's half. It's, I think it's half. Okay. It's half the price to move it. Yikes. At a certain point. Mm-hmm. But I moved it three times and each time I moved it, the deadline, you know, kept. Oh, yeah. You know, so it just got more expensive and more expensive. Dang. Because I just wasn't ready because mm-hmm. none of my practice exams were, you know. Showing. showing anything mm-hmm. um so finally i just settled on taking it in um june okay. i believe so from april to june so got it it's like april may june and were those moves like i feel like you were probably moving it two weeks at a time you know um, what i mean yeah it Had was it was literally like i take a practice exam and i'm just like yeah this is not okay let's push it back practice mm-hmm. exam mm-mm, okay push it back but and it goes back to your question of what i did differently um 
I was not at properly analyzing my pa- my practice exams. Yeah. So say that girl. I literally was getting like the same <laughs> score. Like it just wasn't mo- my score was not moving at but all. But like you weren't doing anything too. Exactly. Yeah. And I was I just I didn't know how to study for this test. I yeah. just did not. Absolutely. It's it's literally a beast of an exam and it's nothing like it, I've ever experienced before. Like those of you who've seen it, taking it, just sampled it, you know, passage based questions asking you about everything you've ever learned ever. You know, yeah. that's that's a hard it's test Dina. to study for <laughs> without proper um preparation. Mm-hmm. So ended up taking it in June. Did not do well, um at least in my opinion I did not do well. Um got in the four nineties. Just say that. Um and it just was not what I needed to be a well, successful be a applicant. Success, yeah, exactly. Yeah. To be a successful applicant, at least what I thought I needed. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, everyone was, you know, I got a lot of peer pressure, you know, take it again, take it again, take it again. Mind mm-hmm. you, I, um, so I scheduled to take it again, even though I still wasn't ready. So now, that's the big thing. Was your family a big part of that? That okay. I back online, mom and dad. I because love y'all, we- but. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Blaming them? No, <laughs> well, no. Because I mean, you don't want to disappoint them, and at the same time, you don't want to disappoint yourself. And you know, once you get that encouragement, like, yeah, you take it again, you got this, you're gonna do better, and like, yeah, I will, yeah. I am. You know, Absolutely. God's got me. It's all good. And honestly, Flo, about, Flo and I have talked about like we we realize we get a lot of experience from people who who aren't in the medical mm-hmm. field who don't know about the MCAT. So it's like, oh, you got this score, you need three points higher, you could get that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But really, that's like 20 that's, questions. That that's, well, well. Yeah, well. that's like a big, you know, gap. Yeah, it so. is. It takes a, yeah, it's a couple of questions just to go up one point in one, in one section. Yeah. Time to talk about four sections. So it's, yeah. It's so hard. that could be hard. That mm-hmm. can, so don't fall into the trap of being pressured by yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Even, even, and that's the thing, even if it's family, even if it's your loved ones, even if it's, you know, spiritual people preaching over your life, like you got to be careful because at the end of the day, you know you. And you, you know, know when you're ready. Yes. Yeah. So I, um, I definitely not, was not ready two months later when I had scheduled to take it again. Yeah. Um, so I ended up pushing it back again. Oh my God. <laughs> Mind you. Um, so I. So is this the same cycle? This is the same cycle. Okay. Mind you, I had already submitted my AMCAS application. Oh, okay. I had already, yeah. So I had already planned on applying to medical yeah. medical school that cycle. So at that point, you had I, Yeah. Okay. I mean, I could have withdrawn my application okay. before it got to med schools yet because it hadn't yet um, in June. It hadn't quite gotten there yet. So I had a chance, but I really thought that... And that's another thing. Um, I don't know if I've talked about it in a blog post, but I do plan to if I haven't already about... Um, trusting god and his will because i was like let's go for it i was like god god's got me mm-hmm. you know right yeah if i'm supposed to be a doctor like he's just whatever i'm just but gonna, he's gonna like, I hand do, it to you and <laughs> that impact score is just gonna come out the way it needs to be and i just had so much faith that that was gonna happen right and that didn't happen well <laughs> well also y- you gotta realize like yes god is gonna support mm-hmm. you but he's going to support you he's mm-hmm. not going to pick you up and drop you where you need well, to be well yes so yeah. you know he's gonna guide you mm-hmm. but you have to have the motivating force in, in yeah, its own for sure and it's also about like you have to take a step back to figure out what exactly is he doing and what does he want for you in this Absolutely. time, in this period. And I believe strongly that that was not what he wanted In for the me. season. And not in that season. Not that season. <laughs> not, that, not that season, not that cycle, not that year. Not that, <laughs> no, that wasn't you. Yeah, no. Um, so I ended up taking it again in September. Mind you, I was I did a summer research program at the University of Illinois College of Medicine. Okay. And again, this is why I'm so over-researched because I've, <laughs> I've, I've done a lot. Not to say that any of my experiences have been terrible. It's just I've done so much of it that I want to try something else. 
Um, but anyways, I was doing that while I was studying to take the MCAT the next time. And I was working 30, 40 hours a week mm-hmm. <laughs> over the summer. So, and then I came back, took it in September. So classes had started in, had started in August. So I just, oh, wow. it was just not a good, yeah, good look no. going in the second time to take it. Mm-hmm. Um, and ended up taking it and getting the same score. <gasps> the same score. Oh before. my god! At that point, I just knew it was God's will mm-hmm. that I did. did, did there's, because I definitely knew from what I was studying that I should have gone up, even if it was just one point. Mm-hmm. I just felt like that was what should have happened. But at the same time, you can't trust your feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just knew that that's... There was something that I was missing, mm-hmm. and I really had to um, turn to God and during that time because I, I just, yes. and that was another thing where I was like, well, maybe this was God's will for me to get the score, and I'm still going to get into medical school, so I proceeded anyways yeah. with the application cycle. So with that, you were just, you were deciding on what you wanted to interpret. Precisely, yeah. yes. Okay. Yes. And yes. I, I can't even fault you for that, like, at that point in September. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's, that's, <laughs> well, October, once you get your score back. Yeah. 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 So yeah, yeah, got my scores back in October. It was the same score, and I was like, "Well, we're just gonna we're just gonna wing it, and we're gonna trust God," you know. And I had the support of my family, but it wasn't like it was just kind of like we're supporting you, whatever you're doing, and we're here for you, kind of thing. And I was just really like putting on my trust in God that this is what He was gonna do for me. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I did touch this in my last post, rejected to accepted um, on my blog. Ooh, talk about it, y'all. So. Her story. <laughs> I'm so excited. I get each other. Okay, so um, I literally had a dream that I had gotten accepted into the Saluki family here at SIU. Like, okay. it literally said, like, congratulations, welcome to the Saluki family. Aww. Woke up, I'm like, what is that? What is, what is a Saluki? Saluki? Like, first of all, it's a, it's a, it's a, breed, a breed of dog. Yeah, it's a dog breed, It's right? a loosely called a dog. It oh. looks dangerous. Well, I don't know, but... <laughs> you anyways, know the dogs are <laughs> They need to feed them. So the uh, the Saluki is the mascot, mascot. for uh, Southern Illinois University, mm-hmm. the, where I currently attend. But at the time, I I had no idea what a Saluki was. I you know, and I thought, you know, I googled it and I'm like, oh wait, SIU. Hmm, maybe I'm gonna get into SIU School of Medicine. Maybe mm-hmm. that's what the dream was about. And fast forward, I think like next month, I got my rejection letter from SIU School of Medicine. So I was like, well, that's not what that was about. (laughs) So I just just kept interviewing. No, sorry, I did not interview. That's a total lie. (laughs) I kept pursuing, like, you know, pushing forward Mm -hmm. in the application, um, kept submitting secondaries. And I actually did receive a secondary from every school I applied to. So which is what kind of get me more motivation. But it still wasn't my time, not my season. And um, I was in talks with some mentors, and I had applied to the med prep program. And then I ended up going to um, Nigeria. Uh, this is fast forward to senior year. I'm still waiting to hear back. It's uh, winter break in senior year, and mm-hmm. I'm in, in Nigeria, literally like on the phone talking so to So you applied friend. again? No, this is still oh, that same cycle, okay. remember? So from summer, fall, okay. you know. Junior then, to senior. Yes, precisely. So I had, um, I was in Nigeria and I was over the phone talking to someone here about like helping me to submit, get my stuff together to submit it to apply to the med prep program. And um, I, when I came back, I got an interview. I came, I interviewed. It was literally during my interview for the med prep program that I'm currently in that I got my last rejection letter for, uh, for, for med school. And at that point I knew, well, it's not med school. Yeah. It's got to be this. Because yeah. this is, this is did you Did you interview in cycle one or cycle two for med prep? It was cycle two. It was okay. literally the last, I think it was the last interview day okay. for, um, to get into med prep. And by the grace of God, like, I think it was 
two, three weeks later, um, mm-hmm. got the call that um, I had gotten into med prep. Yeah. And at that point, I knew that this was God's will for my life. Like, yeah. this, I was supposed to come to this for, I had dreamt about, he had told, like, it just felt like that was what was supposed to happen. And it hurt that I didn't get into medical school right away, coming mm-hmm. in from undergrad, you know, seeing your peers that you did the same class with, got the same grade or better, you know, and you're seeing them going off and starting. Well, it's yeah. the thief of joy, honey. Yeah. Oh, the thief of joy. that's a word. So that was um, something I had to stomach and, and just, you know, um, kind of Except. wrestle through. Yeah. yeah. And ended up coming here and... That's why I got into a med prep. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> to answer your question. Now tell them about the growth, girl. Tell okay. them where you're at now. What you about no. to do? I'm done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so med prep was a struggle. Like, again, it's, it's on my blog there somewhere. It's, it's no joke. Like, it is a rigorous program. It's tough. Not just the program itself, but just being away from family, being away from friends, being away from comfort. And um, honestly, like... What makes med prep so difficult is because you're forced to like look at yourself and mm-hmm. be like, okay, this is the you, bad part. You like, this is what I need to fix. Yes, yeah. you do. On not just your study habits, but just you, you as a person, as a whole, mm-hmm. spiritually, your character, your personality. Like, it forces you to it's do an, all of that. Yeah. And I honestly believe that that is one of the main reasons that God brought me here. Okay. Because um, it wasn't, you know, I could have easily gotten into medical school I think not easily let me not say that Um, I could have gotten into medical school even with the score I had because I had the GPA for it I had the extracurriculars for it I had everything but I guess the MCAT Mm -hmm. and I know certain people not certain but I know some people who've gotten in with with that that score score. so I just don't believe that that was God's will for my life for my life Mm -hmm. at the time and me coming here I'm so glad that I did because I got plugged into a great church home here I got plugged into some great people that I've met along the way and the growth and Everything just came full circle and, um, you know, took the MCAT again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's just say I did a lot better that time. So what did you do different? <laughs> um, I um, definitely, with my studying, the main thing for me was analyzing. Okay. So I currently have on my blog, again, prescribed by Tari. Keep going, girl. Tell me. I currently have on there um, MCAT tips part one and part two is coming out very, very soon. Just keep pointing on it to any of my fans <laughs> listening. There you go. Um, and... <laughs> One thing that I definitely did differently was analyzing mm-hmm. my, my exams. And it was like a strategic analysis of, you know, what exactly went wrong with me answering this question and what exactly went right with me answering this question. Of course. So, like, in-depth analysis of every question that I ever did and um, really trying to figure out, you know, how in the past, like, just extensive analysis of the questions and where my mistake patterns were. Mm-hmm. And then just... Uh, the med prep program definitely helped to, you know, with some content review, well, not even some, a lot of my content review. Whole chunk. Because the whole program <laughs> is basically content review. Yeah. And that's something I tell people all the time, you know, when you come in this program, don't sleep on it. Don't think, you know, MCAT, MCAT, MCAT and forget about the program. Like, you got to we, we started like that. Mm-hmm. We were like, why are we taking these classes? No, literally. The and then you go on the MCAT, it's like, oh, this was what I learned in the fall in this class, you know? In the summer. So, yeah. it's, it's, you know, it was very helpful, the program. It was very just structured learning um, and structured um, studying that I needed. And then um, I think I also had a newfound confidence, too, um, after the fact. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this is my time to shine. This is my time to do well on this Because set. after looking at yourself mm-hmm. and, like, fixing those things, you have reason to have that confidence. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
So that was definitely different. I'd say I did a couple things differently, but I think analysis was the main thing. Um, And again, I'll touch on some more of that in in my next MCAT tips post. Um, And then um, questions, questions, questions. That's the one thing people tell you all Mm -hmm. the time is to do as many practice questions as you can, you know, because the practice makes permanent. That's what my coach used to say. The more you do it, you're going to get used to doing it that certain way. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily going to be perfect at it, but however you practice, that's how you're going to learn. It's going to be permanent. (laughs) So um, that's something that I definitely did differently. And then um, again, with the, I owe a lot to the med prep program itself. And then um, God, (laughs) I'm not going to lie. Like that's, he, he orchestrated everything from the minute I got my first MCAT score way back in 2015 to now it was it was, all, it, was, <laughs> it was all how he wanted it to, it to go and I was talking to a friend recently about how she got a certain MCAT score and she was like I needed the score to get into the school like if I hadn't gotten if I gotten anything less anything more I might have not gotten you know absolutely so I believe that I got the exact score or range or whatever you want to call it that I needed to get into the school that God wanted me to be in and that's fair and I know that some people because I, I totally could have gotten to a, a higher score and gotten into a more prestigious school. I could have gotten a lower score and gotten into a less prestigious. Like, I don't know. Right. You know, you never know with these things because it's not just about the score. That's another thing, too. It's not just about the score Absolutely at all. Um, but it is a big factor. That's the, You can't just negate that it's either. A, it's an eliminating factor. If exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, got, got above that 500 hump that people kept talking about, which at the same time, too, again, it's not just about the score. It yeah. is. It's really not... Um, but it was rewarding for me, though, from where I started at um, to see that. And it just gave me more confidence in myself that, hey, you know, you, you can do this, you know. Absolutely. Forget what the naysayers are saying. And this made everything more tangible for me. And then, you know, applied to medical school, um, got a couple interviews, got a couple acceptances. And um, again, finally, <laughs> she's smiling it. right now. Do you it. Drop the bomb. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then um, got accepted into SIU School of Medicine, which is where I'm doing my program at. And it's also where I'll be starting school in the fall, like I mentioned earlier. And Kia wants me to say this. Um, so Tell the girls. I'll be starting on a full ride scholarship. How many? What? How full? How, is, it, is it like total? Four year, that all four years. Oh, all, all four, four years. years. Oh, and and the percentage-wise, <laughs> how much of that is free? Because I just want to understand. A hundred percent. It's a hundred. It's oh one god. zero. Oh my god. Zero kids. She's going to school for free. <laughs> for free. What a blessing. Honestly, and that is, I, I told her this the other day. Like, she, you deserve, like, you've oh. done it. You've done so well. And, like, it, it shows. And, like, I'm oh, so proud of you. Thank and you. It, oh, I feel like oh, a lot Lord of people. <laughs> Literally, literally. <laughs> a lot of people like in this program it took so much for them to humble themselves mm. and that's kind of like what bring people to either make or break honestly mm. you know it, it's either my way and I don't want to change it this well, way and yeah. I'm gonna do it this way yeah. and then you either you know realize mm-hmm. then like okay my way wasn't working yeah so you know yeah. what I mean but and you took which and not even saying like med prep was the reason like mm-hmm. I feel like with your drive yeah, determination yeah. and self right self-actualization mm-hmm. like you would have okay, come to the, turn. <laughs> <laughs> that away. Um, but <laughs> but really like you would have come to this conclusion mm, this was in your mm. path but med prep really enriched that. yeah no, and, I, and that's I totally good. agree I totally agree uh, yes she deserves all the praise. <laughs> No, God deserves all the praises, honey, because... I saw that post. And I was it's like, not for him. I, yes. I, I do. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So, and that, that, so, med prep does offer three... 
three, yeah, three, full three full rides. Yes. Yeah, to yeah. completing to, students. Mm-hmm. To people who completed. You know, a certain score, though. What is it? Um, so Med, med Prep has to make alliance for mm-hmm. the Med Prep program. I mean, to get into SI School of Medicine through the Med Prep pro- program, you need a minimum of a 498. Okay. On the MCAT, yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was. At uh, least right now, that might change in the future. Oh, yeah, they are. Yeah, they're interesting about that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so Tari's story is one that is definitely worth following, especially now. Like, she's about to get in the meat of everything. So, make sure to hop on her blog um, because, honestly, with minorities in medicine, it's very hard to find, like, yeah. mentors early on. Mm-hmm. And I think we're realizing that now. Oh, yes. Yeah. And that's, that, was, <laughs> that literally was the basis of why I started the blog because coming out of undergrad, again, with all the negative you know, advice and encouragement that I did, that I received from, you know, advisors, even Absolutely. people in high positions. And it just was like, it could have been discouraging to someone who wasn't like, you know, like, I'm going to do this by fire. Didn't by have force. support, like, yeah. Nothing, you know, you, you can't, you can say all you want. I'm going to be a doctor. I don't care what you And say. most people are already not that confident with mm-hmm. it. So, because it's a big, you know, it's a big goal. Yeah. And, and like coming in high, or undergrad, mm-hmm. you're like, I mean, I think I want to be a doctor. Yeah. Right? And I know for me, like a lot of people, even in high school right now, they're getting deterred, you know, especially minorities in medicine, they're getting so deterred yeah. um, and so discouraged and they're not really getting the right advice um, and they don't know where to get that right advice from. I know um, a lot of people messaged me um, when I posted that I get, got accepted to medical school and that went viral on Twitter. Mm-hmm. They're just like, you know, what did you do? Hey, they said this. Or, hey, I'm taking this. I'm just like, yo, like. They don't know some of this information and they yeah. don't know that it's out there. Like some people don't know about the AAMC website and you can get so much information from them Absolutely. and just who to go to, you know, and um, just kind of encouraging people in that yeah. regards through from high school to college to even in med school. Now, I feel like once I get to med school, um, I can start giving out some advice on what I'm what I've right. been learning along the way too. just so, you know, uh, my pastor um, in undergrad used to say, you know, you, it's good to learn from experience, but that experience does not have to be your own. Okay. You know, you can learn from anybody's experience. That is very true. You know, just, that's what, it's so good for people to share their story. Right. And just, you know, be encouraging, so. Absolutely. And, like, don't just share the positives. Exactly. Tell people about your No, seriously. Seriously, because it's not a cakewalk. The path to success is not straight, and, and by any means. Uh, you can't take that. You can't take the elevator to success. You have well, to take the stairs. Well, well, <laughs> for real. Well, and sometimes even the stairs is broken. You got to go another route. <laughs> Look, you got to build a step. Like <laughs> it's real. Have people lift you up, throw you over. Like it's and it's, it's, it's worth it by the end if you earn it. It definitely is for sure. Is. Well, Tari, I'm not gonna take too much of your time. <laughs> Thank you so much Thank for letting us for dig into your me. life. Um, where can they find you? One more time. One more Instagram, time. Prescribedbytari.com, which is T-A-R-E for Tare. Um, I do have an Insta, no, not Instagram, uh, Twitter page for my blog, which is prescribedxtare. So at that, um, I think the information will be. Oh yeah, we'll put post, it in the description. So, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, and of course, um, yeah, email Melon and Medicine, but <laughs> you'll hear that from Flo and I. So, yeah, thanks, Tara. Thank you. All right, bye, guys. Bye. Well, not bye, but bye from bye this for discussion. <laughs> All right, so I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I, I, really, I really hope uh, her time on, on the air, on the podcast. It's motivational. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I was really excited. I was like, do you want to be on the podcast? And she was like, sure. She's like, I'm going to hate my voice. And I was like, girl, I hate my voice every week. It's fine. Excuse me. But um, for sure. <sighs> so finally we have, oh, advice. 
Okay, so advice this week is going to be about ingesting a score that you don't find very appetizing. useful. Appetizing. You, know, you have to, yeah. Yes, appetizing. Um, yes, how to take in a bad score. Let's, let's just say what it is, right? Yeah. So, regardless of... First, should we define what a bad score is? Well, that's up to the person, honestly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I feel like someone's bad score would be up to 5'10". For sure. You know? Yeah, my friend retook her in cat. She got 508. Why? Girl, none of my business. Because me, I was proud. <laughs> I, I, these are questions I didn't worry about asking because it wasn't my money. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and she had a full ride, so shout out to her. Yeah, that's true. Bro. Okay. That's cool. So, I guess if you get, like, a score... I don't know. Like, I think you should have a range. And I think if you yeah. get within your range... You're, depending on, like, your GPA, because I feel like there's lots of factors. Like, if you volunteered, you have a pretty good GPA, you get, um, like, mid-500s, but, like, mm-hmm. you were shooting for a 510, but you really got, like, a 505. Like, mm-hmm. I think you should be realistic with yourself, because I think if you get a 505, it's a pretty, like, okay score. Like, you, can, you might be able to get into some schools with for that. For sure. But, yeah, but then at the same time, like, if you decide to retake it and you do lower, it's going to look worse yeah and so, that's something yeah. to really consider like mm-hmm. like hard like if, if you're not gonna put in the work to like almost not guarantee that you'll change your score mm-hmm. but feel more confident than you did before I wouldn't even I I, I don't even know that I'd retake it yes. honestly like the turnaround and retaking thing I just never really felt comfortable with yeah exactly so I, I think like if you hit 500 would you say like 500 and above it depends on the person, yeah. honestly. And it depends yeah. on what schools you want to apply That's to. That's true. I was very simple with my application. But I feel year. like the people who need to retake it is like five below 500. Like you, so if I, yes, getting below 500, it also depends too. Because like for me, I needed a 498 to get in a SIU. Yeah. And I needed a... But you didn't want to go there. No, I didn't. But yeah. it was med school. That's true. So, you know what I mean? And like for KU, what did we need? A 497? Yeah, so, like, I had certain marks that I had to hit. Yeah. Um, and if you oh, have... Guys, don't think, like, you need those scores for to get into those schools. Oh, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. We, we did like programs. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like, from the med prep program, I had yeah. the SIU with the PAP. PAP we had program, that. Yeah. Yeah, so we had, like, certain stipulations that were defined by the schools to us. Yeah. But, I mean, that's reason to do these programs. Like, that's reason yeah, to that's do... Yeah, that's why we're shouting them out, because KU's average... 503? No, no, their average MCAT was like a 508. Yeah, 508, yeah. Yeah. And we, because we did those certain programs, like, that we got accepted into, um, we only needed a 497. Yeah, we got a heavy leg up. Yeah. 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 It didn't guarantee getting in, but it got you a guaranteed interview. Yeah. And that that's a lot less stressful, honestly, because, like, as soon as interviews, like, for out-of-states opened up, I got an email. You yeah, got an email. Yeah. Yeah, so we were a lot less stressed about it. <clears throat> um... But for, yeah, for, yeah, for certain, like, I feel like, be realistic, mm-hmm. speak with, so obviously speak with your advisor, also speak with um, representatives from other schools. Yeah. So this is why making those connections with like diversity offices um, and deans of, you know, diversity, deans of admission, things like that, having those connections, you can kind of talk to them about what to do with your MCAT score. Yeah. So as soon as you get your score, email these people, hey, this is what I got. This is my plan from here. I just want to know if this is conducive for your guys' school yes. or if you feel like I'd be a a, um, a competitive applicant at your school. Yeah. 
And honestly, some people might be like, it would be harder to work with you with this score. Or, you know, I would suggest maybe studying again, retaking it, and then thinking about applying. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, really see what you could do with your score. This is also why it's good to take it early. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I know, like, with me, whenever I took my first score, I was, like, devastated because I knew I was going to be able to go to med school, like, the next year. Mm -hmm. But honestly, like, taking that, like, year gap, like, I learned so much about myself. Like, I was able to study for the MCAT in a more effective way. I, like, strengthened my science background so much. And in the long run, if I would have gotten into med school the first time with the score I had, I would probably be struggling in med school. So I think, yeah, like, people really need to, like, look at their score, analyze it, and, like, see if it's going to be beneficial. And I wouldn't rush to take it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, yeah. And that's another thing. Like, if you take it early enough, and you get your turnaround, get your score again. Let's say you get your score in like June. You still have time. Like yeah. you have time. You can you can submit your application without an MCAT. You have time. But you're not considered applied until they have an MCAT, correct? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm, yeah. So, um, but definitely like be real with yourself. Yeah, accepting that MCAT score. I saw my score. I was like, oh, girl, this ain't it. <laughs> I wasn't even going to play. My mom was like, well, maybe just take it again. And I was like, nah. Yeah, and stay from asking people who don't really know about the process because I told my mom my score and she's like honey that is so good like honey. so great and I'm like mom like next yeah. and you can't really blame them because yeah. it's like they know this is your goal they know that you want to yeah. do well and they honestly listening to the scoring of the MCAT doesn't sound bad no it doesn't because people will be like oh 10 points 500 or 510 like they don't realize that's going from 50th percentile to 80th percentile right it, yeah. or 75th heavy yeah, yeah it's, like, it's crazy yeah they don't realize what 10 points means yeah so, so yeah get um, advice from advisors and people who know the process yeah whatever you do don't compare yourself to your friends yes don't it's not worth it so if you have, I mean, coming from a post program, it was me and 30 other people taking the MCAT. Yeah. Um, we were very, I'd say we were pretty secretive about our scores and stuff like that. My, a close friend of mine was like pretty, she was very direct. She was like, what'd you get on your practice exam? And I, I'd be so uncomfortable even saying, but I mean, it was, it was kind of like people gauging like, okay, well, this is where my peers are at. This is where I should be at. And so that can really intimidate you when it comes to like, comparing to other people um, and you don't want to psych yourself out I work with a guy who was taking practice exams getting 518s on his practice exams and then the week before he took a practice exam and got a 510 and canceled his, his exam because he thought he wasn't going to do well based off of that one practice exam and his friends was were doing um, way better and I'm just like if you were doing practice exams where you got 518s consistently yeah. And one, like, it just didn't make sense to me. And that's, that's also like, don't be afraid of rejection. Don't be afraid of, not even rejection, but don't, don't be afraid to fall at that point. Like, yes, it's time wasted if you like feel like you did bad, but it's not, well, I wouldn't even say it's time wasted. It's just like more time that you have to invest really. And you learn, you know, from your mistakes, there's, there's a way to make this a positive experience. Like, yes, this is a bad score. But it's not the end of the world. Yeah. At all. And it's definitely not the last. Like, you can always reapply. If you applied this cycle, didn't get in. Like, I know it's easier said than done. But 
if this is passion, like if you're passionate about it, it'll be worth it. Yeah, and it, it's almost like a wake up call. Like I'm not doing something right. Let me fix it so I can get where I need to be. So right. See it like that, not like oh my gosh, I did so bad. Yeah, and notice it early on because mm-hmm. I feel like the damage is done if you take if you resist. Right. If you if you won't just take it as a wake up call, if you're like, well, maybe I need to do this. Maybe I need to do this. And you're like, deny, deny, deny. At some point or another, you're going to have to face it like, OK, whatever I'm doing isn't working. So yeah. what can I do to change? Like take it as early as you can. That way there's minimal damage done. And you just made me think of a really good, great point. Um, If you do get a bad score, like realize what the what actually is. Like, don't I I hate when people are like. I'm just not good at standardized test taking. That's why I did bad. It's like excuses. Or, yeah, and it's like, no, you're, it's not that you're not good at standardized testing. I watched you stare at your phone when we should have been studying. Mm. Like, it's like stuff like that. Or like, oh, I just am not good at the MCAT. No one's good at the MCAT. So take responsibility yeah, like, for take, like... Yeah, like figure out why you actually didn't. Like, I should have spent eight hours studying instead of the two when I was on my phone, you know? Mm-hmm. So do actually realize why. You didn't do things. Yeah, take this as a reflection time. Yeah. Don't take it as a woe is me. Don't blame yourself. Yeah. It's not your fault. This, the we test all, is hard. Everyone sucks up MCAT, you know? Yeah, no, it's not something people are like, <laughs> just like, huh, really good at this. Yeah. 10 out of 10. You know what I mean? Like, no, it was made to be hard. That's the point. It's supposed to test you. And it's a weed out. If you haven't heard, like, everything about this exam is a weed out. The time, the number of questions, the amount of content. This, the range of content, the, the broad spectrum of what could be on it. You know what I mean? Like all of this is to eliminate people. And then the score is used to eliminate people. So literally it's because nobody's good. So don't take it personal. The exam sucks. Let's just, it, it sucks. It's going to suck, girl. But um, it'd be worth it. Exactly. So... And I guess if you guys um, have recently taken your MCAT and are listening to this and don't know what to do. With your You're in score, panic mode. Yeah. And you want to like reach out to us, feel free to reach out to us. Like, For sure. We'll give you our honest opinion and we'll be nice about it too. Oh. Flo will be nice about it too. And the thing is... <laughs> Being nice about it isn't going to make it better. Yeah. It's not. But, yeah. We're going to be like, oh, you did horrible. We're going to be good cop, bad cop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and honestly, like, for me, when I got my bad score, I literally planned the next semester for the next three years. Like, I planned semester, semester for the next three years. Because yeah. I went into panic mode. Like, I was I like, what do I do? Where do I go? I don't know what to do. I graduate, and I'm not going to have... You know what I mean? I'm just like, oh, God. So... For me, like it was instant panic mode and we just, we coming from a perspective where we've done that before, we want to help anybody who's in their panic mode right now for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause yeah, you know, you're worth it. And it's, it's a, it's a minor setback mm-hmm. to a major comeback. Ooh. Yeah. That's my, that's my phrase for the year, honestly, but no setbacks in med school. So, yes. um, <laughs> Next month, join us for Mindful May. Yay! <laughs> yes, Mindful May. So we did we did something in March. I can't think of what it was, but we were doing like mental mental type of focus for March. Um, we're still thinking about our giveaway. Not sure what we're gonna do, but it's gonna be lit. So just stay fo- stay tuned. Uh, but Flo and I, Flo and I will start our um, pre matriculation program. In May. So, we will be actual students together. Guys, I'm so excited I get to go to school again. I've been so bored, literally. 
Oh, I've been so bored all year. I'm so grateful. Anyway, so, um, yes, got my school supplies. I told Jackie I was planning my um, first day of school outfit. I'm going to wear leggings and I'm thinking a cute sweater. Um, but then like, cause you know, it's always cold. Cause you know, it's cold in the summer when it's inside mm -hmm. and I'm going to be asleep if I'm cold. Oh girl, been thinking about it since I got accepted. We might have to be dressed up. That's fine too. Yeah. I don't care. I just want to be there. Honestly. Yeah. Um, I want my locker. I'm getting a new book bag. I'm not going to get a new I book know, bag. Who am I lying to? Oh, I love my book bag. I'm so excited. So yeah, we're going to be students. Um, and we plan on keeping the frequency to a week for the, uh, <laughs> are you taking a picture? <laughs> Lord, have mercy. Uh, <laughs> oh, goody. There's tea guys. And it's hot and sweet. Anyway. So, um, yeah, we're thinking we're going to keep the consistency and frequency up with the episodes every week. Um, and honestly, I'm really excited because I think we'll shift. So we'll talk about, you know, keep up with the application process. We still need to talk about secondaries. Still need to talk about um, interviews, obviously. Yeah. Um, so, and we want to talk about, you know, acceptance and how that works. And we could talk about this committed role thing with the AMCAS. So we have a lot of stuff to cover before we start medical school. But once we start medical school, I think I'm excited to see the shift to, um, like medical school melanin and medicine so Ooh. yeah we'll talk about um <laughs> how we're adapting to medical school <laughs> and what we're looking forward to and stuff like that so um we're really grateful for everybody who has followed us to this point um listening listening to our shenanigans and um keeping up with us i hope all of our materials conducive oh, i'm rambling and flo's looking at me so <laughs> So, um, yeah, long story short, we love y'all and we appreciate everything you're here listening to. So, um, bye. Bye. <laughs> oh, shit. I'll just edit this out.